Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Ask My Mom. We're a podcast about everything you didn't learn in school, focused more on finance because I'm a financial counselor, but we're going to cover many other topics as well. With me today is my daughter, Noelle. Hi. So today we are going to talk about credit, why we need credit and how to build credit. I think that is a really good first subject. I I think I have a pretty good idea of what credit is, but I don't think a lot of my friends do. So let's just start. What is credit? Why, why do we need it? Who makes it? Where do I buy it? And I guess you can buy it by doing the right things with your money and making sure you pay all your bills in time. You're kind of buying it, but you're not giving anyone money for your credit. So um, why do we need credit? Let's start with that question. Credit touches almost every aspect of our lives in one way or another. Having good credit... Um, can make the difference in many different circumstances in your life. Credit can affect where we live, how much our car payment is, how much our insurance costs. Having credit can even affect where we work. So when I say credit, I'm talking about a good credit score. What is a credit score? So a credit score um, usually ranges between 300 and 850, and it's a number that is used to determine your credit worthiness. So what is a credit score? A credit score is a number that's given to you by one of the three credit reporting agencies, or there's also a Vantage score that's a, uh, what's the word? An aggregate of all three scores added together. Like an average? Yeah, but they used a different mathematical equation to figure it out, and they don't share that equation with us. So they have an algorithm that they use to come up with this number. So, wait, no one knows what the algorithm is? No, they don't share that. What? It's a secret. So, that's why we have to find, figure out their game so we can play their game to get a good credit score. So, a credit score. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, it doesn't. I know it's not your fault, but it's like we're going to play Monopoly today, except for we're not telling anyone how to play Monopoly. Basically, whoever wins, wins. So just through trial and error and research and learning about it, we learn what to do to kind of beat them at their game. Wait, so there's Vantage score that's like an aggregate of all of them. What is that for? What's the difference between that and like a regular credit score? So a FICO score is used by creditors when you go to get a loan or a mortgage they use an actual FICO score. A Vantage score is kind of what, um, so on your, on your banking app, sometimes with your credit card, they give you a free credit score. Or with Credit Karma, they give you a free credit score. But that's not actually your credit score. That's a Vantage score. So if you use that number to determine if you have good credit, you're kind of missing the mark because that's not the number that a lender is looking at. A lender is looking is at close? a FICO score. 
is what close? Oh, the two is scores? The score that I'm looking at almost the same? Is it higher or is it lower usually? Do you know? A, a Vantage score is normally higher than your actual credit score. So, well, that's it, good news. Well, no, not really, because it's kind of misleading. Because if you're looking oh. on your app for your credit card and it's telling you you have a 700 score, that's pretty good for a young person. But in reality, your score may be closer to like 650, which is not so good to a lender. So it's more like a check-in with yourself, how am I doing kind of score. And it's one that you get for free, so it's just not accurate when it comes to determining if you have good credit, if you're trying to purchase something. Got it. Scores usually range between 3 and 850. So obviously 850 would be the best you can get. And that means you've done everything right and you're playing their game. Not very many people get to 850 because everything we do hurts and helps our score at the same time. So back to the fun. Um, So if you are trying to get a credit card and part of what goes into your credit score is, so that's a percentage. We'll get to the percentages um, as we go on with the conversation a little bit. So that new, taking on new credit, or it helps your score, but it also hurts your score because now you have more debt. So it hurts you and helps you at the same time. So that's why sometimes it's hard to build a credit score because everything we do, brings it, it might, down. Well, it might go up three, but down two. Right. But so, I think in the beginning, especially when you don't have any credit and you take out a loan, then you have bad credit because you have a ton of debt and you've never paid anything off. Right. And you don't have a long history. So one other thing I wanted to mention about FICO scores is each individual credit reporting agency has their own FICO score. So that's why you should pull each one individually and check that credit report because they're not all the same. And the Vantage score is all three kind of put together as an aggregate number. So it's a way for banks and everybody else, I think, just to make more money because they can drive your score down. So when you go to get your first mortgage, they're going to pull all three reports and look at all three FICO scores and figure out where you are. But if you get a credit card, they may just look at one. Not all lenders report to all three agencies because they have to pay to get that information on your credit report. Huh. But credit like Credit Karma and your bank giving you that number, it's they give it to you for free because it's not really it's kind of more of a guideline. So if you look on there and you see that you're in the 700s, maybe, you know, if you're in the mid 7s, you might be in the low 7s, but if you're looking and you're seeing that you're in the 6s, you could really potentially be in the 500s. So that's why so you So what's need to- a good credit score for someone my age? I graduated college last year. What is a good kind of starting into like the real adult world? What's a good credit score? I mean, I know like an 800 usually takes like years to build to. What is like a good, what should I, what should my a realistic goal be right now? Well, your realistic goal, it needs to be to have a high credit score. But what, like, what number does that look like? Well, if you're looking at FICO. Is 700 good? 
it would be, but we don't want just good because it ranges very poor, poor, good, very good, and excellent. So we really want to be in the excellent. Well, they, they each look at them differently too. So if you get an actual FICO score, if you go to um, somebody like saveandinvest.org and buy your credit report and your FICO score and saveandinvest.org is, um, they do a lot of free stuff depending on what you're, if you're related to um, government service, you can maybe able to get it for free. But if you're just a regular person going to um, somewhere like that and paying for your FICO score, they will tell you on that credit report what you, that you get. If you're going to buy a car, this is the score that the car dealership's looking at because you have a different score all depending on what you're trying to do. So for a mortgage, your score might be 760, but if you're trying to buy a car, your score might be 720. And they tell you that through the saveandinvest.org and probably other websites as well. I like that one because it's a nonprofit agency that does it. Um, You can get a free credit report every year from annualcreditreport.com, but they do not give you your score for free. You have to pay for that. And I don't really know what that one looks like because I do see the saveandinvest.org ones a lot. And they also in there have, and this is not a commercial for saveandinvest.org. I just like how they have it set up because they have a way in there where if you're trying to build your score, there's um, they you can run like scenarios, and it'll say if you pay this much of your credit off, this is where your score is going to go, or if you take on a new credit card, this is where your score is going to go, and if you can also say, okay, I'm trying to buy a car, what do I need to do? And it tells you like what you can do to your situation to improve your score. So I, I like that because it makes it kind of just really easy to follow and understand. But looking at a vantage score, you can that's kind of more like a check in with yourself. Are you moving up or are you moving down? But just yeah. bear in mind that that number is not realistic to a lender. That's not what a lender is looking at. Okay. So why do you need that credit score? So why do we need a credit score? Like what I guess it it's something that everyone's looking at anytime I want to do something. And I guess that it's I guess to show that I can pay things off or I make my payments on time. So they feel comfortable loaning me money, but what, why, why did it become so, why is it so complicated? Well, you, you, like you said it exactly to evaluate if you can pay your bills. So they look at, like I said, that credit worthiness. So if you're going to rent an apartment, um, the management company is going to run your credit and that credit score tells them, if you are likely to pay your rent or not. If you have a low score, they may not rent to you because they think they, you may not be able to pay your rent. Or um, for jobs as well, a future employer might run your credit report. Wait, Just, what kind of jobs would run a credit report? I've never, I've never worked somewhere where I've had to get a credit score, but it's probably because I haven't worked that many grown-up places. Well, you have a grown-up job. It's okay. I mean, now, um, but they didn't check my credit for it. Yeah. So anytime, so a a government job, if you're in the military, they're checking your credit score regularly, like they do it quarterly. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, they do it a lot. So service members have to keep their credit in good standing. Um, Any kind of banking industry, they're checking your credit. Anytime you deal with money, they may check your credit report. 
anytime you're going to need a security clearance for any position, they're going to check. Part of that is checking your credit and, ma- and monitoring your credit. So for my mm-hmm. job, my full-time job, I'm a financial counselor. They check my credit. I had to, I also have a security clearance, but I have to maintain good credit because how can I talk to somebody about finances if I don't have a good credit score? So I have to maintain my credit score. What's your credit score? I haven't checked it in a few months and I don't want to share that because that's personal. So that's something that I would not ask you to share with me either. Although I ask you all the time and you tell me because you yeah, know it's supposed me. to be personal. <laughs> I mean, I know it's personal, but I thought that we were family. <laughs> um, after, I can tell you this, after we sold the house in California and we paid mm-hmm. off all of our credit cards completely, and um, I think the only thing I had was a car loan, for, that, for one month, my credit score shot up to 850. Then you messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just the way the um, algorithms go. So every month it gets recalculated. So that's why it's just always up and down. So the next month it dropped a little bit, but it was pretty, it was pretty good there for like that one month. I was like, I beat dad. So what was the purchase you made that brought it back down? Um, this house. Oh, well, <laughs> you win some and lose some. Yeah. So, Yeah. But so it does fluctuate all the time. So um, having those good credit scores, though, like it's really important. Um, so um, so let's talk about the different parts of a credit score. Because there's all lots right. of different pieces and parts. So um, it's made up of all those different pieces. So they look at your payment history, your credit utilization, the length you've had credit. So your credit history or I said that already, payment history, credit history, types of credit, and new credit. So the length of your credit history is 15% of your score. So this when I first, when I first like started opening a credit card and all that, and I would check my credit karma, which I know you don't like, but I would check in my <laughs> credit karma and they do a little like, they break it down by those categories. I'm sure other websites do too, but, mm-hmm. and they'll give you, little up arrows and down arrows and kind of the percentage, like you said, the percentages of how they affect your credit. So I know for the first three years, it like was not great because my credit length wasn't that long, but now that I'm kind of out of that window and it doesn't hurt my score as much, it gave me a boost in my credit because I made three years, you know, not missing a payment. And that right. I had the length on my, all my accounts. But every time I get a new account, it goes back down because then my length average is messed up. Right. So that's 15%. And you want to, whatever credit cards you've had first, the, the very first one you got when you were 18, you want to keep that card forever. Because then you will have a long length of history at a younger age. Mm. And that's going to help your score. Even if you never use it. Even if you use it like once a year you go charge something you pay it off right away keep that card active keep keep charging stuff on it but young people that 15% is automatically like you said you don't have a long history so it's not really helping your score when you're young it's hurting your score yeah and then making missing one payment in that short length of history Mm -hmm. can really affect your score a lot more than me missing a payment six years ago 
because I have a really long history of credit. So you have a short history and you missed a payment already, that's going to affect your score uh, pretty in a pretty big so way. I think so in the beginning is like the most important time to never, ever miss a payment. Yes. And I think later on, probably once you have a little bit more length, you can, you know, things happen. And if you miss a payment, you'll get, you'll be able to bounce back. But I know in the beginning, that's like super important. Right. Yeah. That's a big part of your score. Credit utilization is trying to remember off the top of my head, I think like 35% of your score and credit, credit utilization is important as well. So that's how often you use your credit cards. That's how much of your available credit you use. Oh. So if you have a credit card that's $1,000, you don't want to use more than 30% of that available credit. Right. So I have heard that before. Yeah. And that is a big, makes a big difference because you're not using all your credit so that when you go to get new credit, they can look and see that you, you have more power because you don't really need them. You're giving them oh, your business, right. but if you're maxed out, they hold the power because now you need them for this purchase. Wait, this is actually, I got into a point of deep debt myself at one point. I mean, I'm back down now, but I know that that was kind of, every time I checked my credit score, I was checking it all the time because I was so stressed out about it. That was like the biggest thing was that my utilization was too high. But I also know that when your utilization is high, that the banks try to take advantage of you and they offer you, they offer to extend your credit and like raise your limit, Mm -hmm. which I always think is kind of funny now because I see people on Twitter go, oh, my credit score or my credit limit just got raised. And in my head, I'm like, well, that's happened to me. And I know that just means you're using a lot of your credit card and they want to give you more money to borrow so they can make more money on it. Right? Yeah. So that's what they do. When they see you're maxed out, they raise your limit. Raising your limit, then you're not utilizing all your credit, does help your credit score go up. But chances are, if we're always using our credit card and it's maxed out and they raise our limit, chances are... Well, because it's so easy. I mean, it happened to me. So I feel like I'm okay to to talk about it because I've been there. I'm not like making fun of it. If you uh, (laughs) owe high utilization, because trust me, same. But it was, and then I, I, I kind of did the same thing. I thought... Well, if I raise my credit limit, that'll bring my utilization down. But then I just had more available credit. And at the time, I was really just using my credit cards. And it was there. And I didn't have any money. So I used it. And then I eventually was past my original limit and back to where I started with my utilization. But I owed more money. It's not good. It's hard. It's hard to get out of once you get into the hole. Yeah, it's the debt spiral. Because yeah. you're just constantly and banks that allow you to um, over go over, yeah, they have that. They'll have. Um, I know where I bank. They have it. Um, they'll you can go five hundred dollars a month into the hole, and then when you get paid the next time, they just take that money back. But what happens is you get stuck in that because you never have enough money each payday because you're constantly dipping into that five hundred dollars, and then it's thirty five dollars each time. So they'll allow you to do it. They're going to charge you for it, but then you can't get out of it and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So when you get into that, you just kind of just have to stop. Take a month of being a hermit. Do not leave your house. Do not spend anything. Stay home. Get yourself out of that debt hole and then push forward 
and start making better choices and paying off your credit cards. So it can be pretty bad. So, okay, at 18, I just graduated high school. Maybe I'm going to college. Maybe I'm not. Either way, how can I start building credit? So one of the first things you can do is a really good way to start building credit is to get a secured credit card. So you Uh, go to the... What's that? So a secured credit card is when um, it's basically like the bank is holding your money and you get a credit card against your own money. So it's not... So they're taking my money and then loaning me my money. Yes. But it's usually a a low limit, like $500, because now you've saved your $500. You give it to the bank and they give you a credit card. And you use your credit card and you pay it off every month. So you use it for sure. You make your regular monthly payments and that starts building that good credit history of on-time payments all the time, every time. And then they hold that $500 so that if, you're on, if you don't make a payment, they have your money. And that won't affect your credit? Missing so that's that gonna, payment? So missing the payment will affect your credit. So oh, I you, thought you meant they would just take the money and pay it. No, you're still paying your credit card bill. So you're still going to get your bill in the month every month or the bill in the mail every month. You're going to make your payment Mm -hmm. and you're going to constantly pay that. So if you don't pay it, they have your money. They're going to keep as So they've kept that as collateral against your secured credit card. So So it does still affect your credit. So if you miss a payment, it is going to affect your credit. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to take their collateral. And there's probably fees associated with that if you're missing a payment, just like there is on a regular credit card. But it's so a what's good the way. benefit of this card? Well, it's a low balance and it just helps to start building that credit. And eventually you can turn it into a regular credit card. So now you have credit history. So is this, do you get a better interest rate on it then since it's your own money? Is that kind of the benefit to it? Well, that's going to be up to... Are they you know, charging you interest? They're charging you interest, yes. But you have your, your window right? So you have your, your grace period where you're not going to get charged interest if you're paying that, that money all the time. Right. But what you want to make sure you do because of when they report to the credit reporting agencies. So hurt and help you both at the same time. A lot of people will use their credit card to put all their bills on a credit card every month. Maybe you do that. I don't know. I don't because I I don't like to pay my credit card payment. So I just can't wrap my brain around it. I can't make myself do it. But a lot of people do. They put their bills, all their bills on their credit card and then they pay them all off once a month. I know people who do that. And I know that one of the reasons that I've heard someone say that they did like to do that is just that they said, if it's a bill that they want to set to auto draft, they'll auto draft it from the credit card. Like my AT&T bill, for instance, most mm-hmm. of the time it's $50. And then every now and then I get in the bill in the mail, it's $60. Just my Wi-Fi. That's why it's so cheap. It's on my phone. But <laughs> I, if I auto draft it, I like to just pay it because they randomly charge me extra money and I want to be able to catch it. But I know for the same reason, people, when they do auto draft it, they'd rather it just come out of my credit card in case they charge me extra, that way the money is there because I'm doing it out of my checking and they decide to charge me an extra amount, I might not have it in my account that day. Right. And it's and just kind of a guarantee that they'll always have it on time if their bills don't align with their pay schedule. 
Right. And a lot of people do that and they do it with everything. But what you want to be careful of with your credit score is you want to know when that card reports to the credit reporting agency or to the credit bureaus. Because if you say your card's like a $3,000 limit and your bills were $2,000, you've used more than 30% of your available credit, right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to drive your score down if they report it before you pay it. But the catch on the other side of that is if you always pay the full thing off before they report, it looks like you've never used your card. So that also drives your score down. Yeah. So that also drives your score down. So so you want, yeah. So you want to make sure, hey, leave some on to roll over to the next month and then pay the remainder after they report to the credit reporting agency. So you got to put less than 30% of the total available. Correct. All the time. Ideally. Unless, you know, you need it and that's what it's there for when you need it. Yeah. So using a card for an emergency, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Convenient when you're on a vacation, you just put it all in the card, but have the money in your bank to pay the whole thing off when you get back. Yeah. And if you look on your bill, it'll tell you if you only make the minimum payments, how many years it's going to take you to pay it off. And so you're looking at like, depending on what his balance was, like I've seen some 12 years, 15 years, seven years. And then it'll show you if you make a, you know, a higher payment, you can pay it off in less than half the time. So paying well, that little bit I of notice extra. About the way that when I look at like a loan, like my car or other, like those, my car is more, my interest rate is lower. But what I notice on, but my payment is, I feel like a pretty median in a car. It's not, what I'm trying to say is I noticed that for credit cards, the minimum payment has nothing to do with the amount you owe. And I mean, it does, but your minimum payment is always so low. Like so you, if I owe, when I owe 4,000 on my car, my payment is still $250 every month. But when I owe 4,000 on my credit card, my minimum payment is only $50. Right. Because they just let it keep building. And then suddenly we hit a point where my minimum payment is like a hundred dollars. Yeah. But the minimum payments are so low. So I think it's easy to just keep using it because you're not paying that much back. Minimum payments are usually between 1.5% and 3% of the balance owed. And it's revolving credit. All. So there's no end date, right? It's just revolving credit. But your car, you're agreeing to so many years. So they, cal- they divide it out mm-hmm. and calculate the interest in there. We'll get into interest rates and the different another kinds day. another day. That's a big conversation too. Did you learn anything new through our conversation today? Yeah, I mean, I think I learned, obviously some of this I already knew because I'm your daughter, but I definitely learned a little bit more about the co-signing process, I think especially, and also how your credit score is factored. I guess I, I knew that what I'm seeing is not exactly... I think the terms that I normally hear it in are like a hard check or a soft check on your credit. So a hard check is when a creditor is pulling your credit and a soft check is when you are pulling your credit. Right. So I thought I was under the impression that my like credit karma score was like a soft check, but then a hard check would be more thorough. And that's why it might vary. I didn't realize that it was some secret algorithm. Mm. I thought they were just looking at a more full picture of information and that's why it could be different. I didn't, I didn't know. 
I knew that it was a different number than the number I'm seeing. Cause like you said, this is like my free little login to see where I'm at, but I didn't know. I didn't know that there was like another, another world of credit. Yeah. A whole different like thing. I thought that it was just a more in depth and maybe I guess I thought maybe a credit karma was looking at length of credit. Okay. You didn't miss any payment. Okay. Like you have this much of your credit and you've used this much, here's kind of a estimate of what that looks like. Whereas I thought the bank would go, okay, well, you paid this here. You were three days late here. You were, you paid twice a month this month. So just remember, very, very, very important that your FICO score is what your creditors are going to look at. So if you're going to make a big purchase, a couple months before you make that purchase, pull your actual FICO score so that's the score you want to work on getting higher. Don't just trust there, your, your free credit I, score. Where can I check that? Well, we can put that that website in the description on the episode. Annualcreditreport.com. You can get your free credit report, but you and then buy your score. Saveandinvest.org will also give you... You don't get a free credit report. You have to pay for it, but you can also pay for your credit so score. So that's just when you're ready to make you're getting or you're getting ready to make a purchase and you're yes. really ready to see what your credit score is. That's what you should do. Yeah. So you get one meantime, time free credit report a year. And actually right now, I don't know when, you know, this one will probably air in July and I don't know if this will still apply, but right now you can, you can get a free credit report every week. It's not, but you don't get your score. You have to pay for your score. If you are a service member, though, you can get both for free. You need to go to your um, installations, family, resources center to get that information you can get both for free but everyone else for the most part you have to pay for the score it's not a significant amount but you don't want to do it too much right because it costs money but if you're going to buy a house or a car like if you're going to buy a house start working on your credit a year in advance if you're going to buy a car six months to three months in advance six six months if you think there's, there's big problems you know within six months, your, your score does start to creep up. It's not a fast process. So you want to start early on trying yeah. to work on that. But just and I think that that's probably one thing that I wish more of my friends know, knew or know, will know, however. That's one thing that I wish more of my friends knew when we graduated high school was to not wait until you need money to start building your credit. Because if you just start when you're 18 and you can get a credit card and put a couple things on it and pay it off, or you can just get your car and just do that. It's so much easier when you're in your mid twenties and you actually need to start like really paying for things and you don't have any money and you don't have any credit and you need to get an apartment. If you've been doing it the whole time, but if you wait until, okay, it's time for me to sign a lease. I don't have any credit. Right. It just makes things so much harder. You really do need to start it as soon as you can. And um, I think that pretty much covers it, right? Is there anything else, Noelle? Yeah. No, I think that's, thank you so much for having me on your first episode. I'm so excited. I think this is going to be so great for, I mean, so many people my age, but also I think people of all ages will get some, something out of this. I'm so excited to keep talking about this with you and to hear the conversations you're going to have with me and with other people about this. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Thank you. Bye.
Thank you all so much for listening to our very first ever Ask My Mom podcast. I hope you found it informative and enjoyable. We hope that you're going to listen in again next week. Um, in the future, we would love to answer your questions about finance. Please feel free to reach out to us via email at askmymompod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook at askmymompod. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Noelle, for joining me today. And hopefully you'll be here a lot, but we are going to have some other special guests along the way. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye.